Yo, Chuck, run a power move on him. May I say something to you to give you a true knowledge of yourself and life so that the same glory and success attained by other men who understand themselves may be yours? Man in the full knowledge of himself is a superb and supreme creature of creation. When man becomes possessor of the knowledge of himself, he becomes master of his environment, the captain of his own ship, the director of his own destiny, the accomplisher of his own ends. Please, please, please. Uh... This is the Brooklyn Combine. We are the Brooklyn Combine, and we are at the Brooklyn Combine. Um, so glad to be back. Um, start off, my name is Keith. Keith White. Who um, else is here? Looking at me for a bit. Jazz is here. Jazz is here. I was going for like two episodes, but I'm back. Kenneth Montgomery. I'm back. I went to Minnesota, guys. I just got back. Um, Barnabas, I'm here. Nadia Lopez, I've been invited back. Thank oh, you, everybody. Man, <laughs> Come on, that guy. Phil. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah, I mean, it's all good, son. Yo, so it's 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 real cool to be back. Um, and so I know it's you know we're joking. It sounds like, but um, you know, some real serious stuff has happened in the past um, couple of weeks. Um, Stefan Clark. We yep. saw some new video released on Alton Sterling and found out that they are not going to actually be pursuing criminal charges against the office who murdered him. Um, so, what are you guys' thoughts, Stefan Clark? Um, for me, it's, I, gotta, I keep reminding people that the origin of police in America has always derived its inspiration from slavery, slave patrols, black codes, oppression of black people, lynchings, and there's nothing new. Um, we have no allies. Um, you know, very few white Americans think that's a problem because white Americans have been um, misinformed and, and presented with so much propaganda that they really believe that our lives have no value. So when officers do that, um, they what must the, the, the kid been doing? Um, I'm, I'm kind of tired of the same scenario. Black kid gets killed. <clears throat> black person gets killed. What man and woman? Now, we shouldn't just limit this to men, black men. Mm -hmm. Women too. Sandra Bland, um, the, the young lady who was killed in front <coughs> of her kids, I think, in, in Baltimore. Baltimore. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> We have our life doesn't have any value. So what happens is we die, cops come, cops narrative um, is oh no no this you know this is on this is on a square this is good this is good. Footage comes now we have body cameras. Everyone thought body cameras was presented. Solution. Um, we the youth go down and disrupt city hall. None of the laws change. See the laws can't change this. You can't legislate the heart. What has to happen when we study history, why did BLA take that position? That's why you need, um, I'm not even advocating that, but that's why they got to that point. The Panthers was a necessary instrument in our community. We don't have anything to check these police officers in, a, in our community because they know they will be back and there's no accountability. So unless you're talking anything short of revolution, 
um, this is going to continue to happen. Mm. I mean, and I, know, I know nothing qualifies your rights as a human being, no, but nothing qualifies mm -hmm. your ability to be protected as a black person. But I mean, I, I do think um, there should be some there should be some conversation around um, around who Stefan Clark was. Mm -hmm. Not because he deserved, you know, he deserved mm -hmm. this at all, right? But oh, you talking about what he? You talking about what uh, his his opinions about his opinions about of black people being black, people. Being black yeah. and, um, He didn't believe in his own men. Exactly. And so you it's said, you seen it right, Jeff? Yeah, yeah what, he, um, I have it. I have the. What do you say? I, I ain't clear on uh, it. Um, oh, you ain't get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jazz always got data. Jazz <laughs> got receipts on everything. Okay. Hold on, I'm pulling it up. But okay, his tweets about black women and and I guess black people themselves. Um, somebody tweeted, "Black is beautiful," and he said, "I don't want nothing black but an Xbox." <laughs> dark bitches bring dark days. Um. Wow, and it, and then another tweet is he said this to his girl. I don't want no black baby. I'm already black. I don't need no black baby. And his wife is of Asian descent. Wow. They have two kids, but your kids are black. Well, black the, the reason why I brought it up, and I know some people might not agree Life with that. Life came right? at him fast. But the the, the well, the reason why it's it's important to also discuss is because when we have these conversations and we advocate um, on behalf of. Um, of black people, we have to be prepared to advocate on behalf of black people who don't think like us. Mm -hmm. And black people who actually don't agree with us and who don't see themselves as part of the struggle. Because of the humanity side. Right? And yeah. so that, right, the, humanity, the humanitarian part of this conversation is that no matter <laughs> who he is, what he thought, or what he believed, right? You he was a dude, mean. he was a young black dude who was shot and it looks like unarmed and he in was the shot back. in the back and the side. <clears throat> like back, eight times. Which is crazy. Only once in the side. Right. Seven times in the back. Or something like that. It's but at what point do we say, well, um, we have to look out for people that think like us? Or or is that part it's of it? It's hard though because like like um dogs were saying, like the cycle is you get shot by the cops. And if you jump the turnstile, which here in New York is a minor offense, or you j it's like jaywalking, mm -hmm. they're going to paint you as a criminal. So now we have this guy who he has all these people rallying for him, but he made all these comments. So like you said, it doesn't invalidate his, um, his, 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 um, it's his not right really, to survive. Yeah, but, but it, it, it's not him. It challenges it. It's it's not really him. It's, it's, the it's about the the oppression of mm -hmm. this system that allows state sponsored killings with no checks and balances. Right. You know, in in this thirties and the forties when we were getting lynched, um, you had people out here like um, Paul Robeson, William Patterson, um, all uh, tons of sisters who were bringing. It to an international level and to help fight Jim Crow and all these other things. At this stage, this is still a remnant to me of Jim Crow, but we've exhausted what to do because it's such a affront to white supremacy. But no. so the solutions are are you know no one no you know look the laws protect them. You got qualified immunity for these officers. Right. You know like well, how, what is the get back? You know, the interesting thing, my question is, is like, is there anything to do that's preventative on the forefront? Like, is there any 
like demeanor that needs to be assumed. But you know what I'm saying? I, it sounds bogus. Dopest, it sounds. Wild, I think the but, dopest thing I've seen, and I don't know if it's a solution, but in Newark, like you, the cops have to be from the city. So mm-hmm. I went to a skating rink, and the cops are in there with their guns, and you have to get checked and everything. But their interactions was with the people different. is like people coming up to them, hugging them. They're laughing. It's not like this. Like oh, like they're not. They're policing you. It's more like a peace officer. community police. So I think that would be. I yeah. think I think real community policing needs to be our own. Just like the Jewish communities have their police. Right. I think the reason why officers ride around and harass our young men, harass harass our young ladies, harass the most disenfranchised people uh, who are poverty stricken or drug addicted is because the the congressmen and the local politicians don't call on the carpet for that. So at the end of the day. We need to implement something in our community where these cops walk cautiously through our neighborhood. Right. When you go to Fifth Avenue and Park Slope, and you imagine some cops, imagine if uh, white parents had to deal with their kids standing out cars getting frisked mm-hmm. in the middle of the day, sitting on the sidewalk while their car getting tossed. Right. You know why that don't happen? Because that's not the American narrative. And those cops know some white people are going to be at that precinct. Like, we have to really commit. I mean, I was probably even go, I probably even go further. I mean, I don't even know why we need cops, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I agree. I think. I think that um, the idea of having police in your community is based upon the belief mm-hmm. that this is where the crime are, is at. Right, that there are problems in your community, and I think that if you think that police solve problems, then you know, you it's a, that's a that's a short sighted mentality, right? So what's like, the suggestion? Po- police don't solve poverty, mm-hmm. right? Mental police, health, right? Police <laughs> don't solve. They, they don't they don't provide education, no, right? So if you're providing, um, if if you're providing equity with regard to um, jobs, education, um, health, mental health, right? Um, if you're providing these types of things, services to kids in the community. Then the idea, the concept of crime becomes foreign, right? And remember, when you're in a community, everyone has the same social contract, right? When you're walking to the community, the expectation is that the person that is sharing this community space with you cares about the same things. Right. Yo, g- give you an example in in in, to, in in comparison to a certain situation. How many black men and women have been killed by police? Hundreds, right? right. Probably thousands, right? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Herman Bell. Everyone know aware who Herman Bell is? Mm-hmm. Former no. Black Panther. Okay. Who is now 71 years old and has been in jail for 47 years. Mm. He's 71. He, the parole board has ruled that he has served his time and his debt to society and they want to parole him. The PBA, the Fraternal Order Police, are sending threats to this guy's life, his family, and they are asking that the members on the parole board, they're lobbying and advocating that they be fired. So... And what was he sent to jail for? Murder. They said he, he killed a police officer. He, yeah, he was, yeah, he was accused of... He was convicted of killing a police officer. Yeah. Um, but remember, that's one cop. And the society that we live in they're still trying to make this guy pay a debt for that. Mm-hmm. 47 years later, where clearly you can argue if there was a time where someone, a cop should be 
call the taxes and we knew in the 60s and 70s what they were doing what was happening right it yes. wasn't like this was a was a political the thing is our neoliberal governor and neoliberal mayor um signing signing petitions and and, and signing support of keeping him in prison mm. well he's gonna get out actually yeah, yeah but no but they but they they actually uh spoke say, out against it you're yeah. saying yeah. our mayor now Yes. Yeah, our neoliberal. But no one steps up to say that these police. Maybe we need training. Maybe we need. Um, you know, see, this is my thing. The government is not going to help us. We got to do it ourselves. Okay. Like literally, the the reason why we needed the Panthers is to me apparent right now, and we have nothing equivalent, and we have nothing that capitalized on what they were doing. So you guys, are you guys suggesting that there be no law enforcement at all? Not police per se, but just no law enforcement. I, the concept I of law enforcement, so police don't do law enforcement. No. That's, that's the misnomer, mm -hmm. right? Law enforcement is the laws being enforced, right? right? When, when these police officers run and gun down us, that's not law enforcement. No. That's, that's, that's slave patrols. Mm -hmm. That's Rikers, right? And so I think that if, if we want to have an honest conversation about law enforcement and about community then we kind of have to peel back a few layers of our own kind of like social hierarchy systems mm -hmm. and if we do that and have honest conversations then it means sacrificing a bit of your comfort right. initially so that the generation coming behind you yeah, can understand remember, the, the value. Uh, what you just said in describing why we don't need them, these white communities don't have police presence like that. Right. No. They don't want police presence. They have they social contracts. They, right, you, do, have, you do some dumb shit, everyone is looking at you like, yeah. what are you right. doing? And they have a, a different investment. But then right. part of what I'm hearing and the question that I have, right, is like, who's willing to die for that? Right, because you talk about the Panthers, they mm -hmm. were willing to die. die, they were willing mm -hmm. to stand up for that. Mm -hmm. Right, all of us in this room would be willing to do that, but everybody's not, not doing, doing that it. because they're comfortable. Yeah, right. so mm -hmm. we only get outraged when another story comes up. Mm -hmm. well, but before this, I'm not willing to do that, I'm willing to do that for the combine, for and the combine, goes, <laughs> but, <laughs> no, and for I, the I, people I, who are invested in you and willing yeah, to do it, but right? like a, a Stefan Clark. But, yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. but that that then becomes the problem because then we say we'll be willing to do it for this group mm -hmm. as opposed to doing it for the masses but because you have those situations so in our community there will always be a divide mm -hmm. and that and they know that we're we're divided because we don't stick together and once people know that they can get because every once people know that they can get something out of it mm-hmm so, like, everyone who was about Black Lives Matter and marching and stuff like that, there's some people who had to come up out of it. Mm -hmm. And we don't hear anything from them, right? Because now they're comfortable. <laughs> Well, that I mean, listen. That's the that that's that is the that is the, that's American society, that's the brilliance. That's the brilliance of of what we're currently dealing with, right? Mm -hmm. Is that there's white and there's black. White represents a power structure, a social construct. And black represents the very opposite of that. And when you sign yourself up to be white, you forfeit all the other cultural heritage that you once had mm -hmm. to to be part of this power social. And what if and what if, and, and the government is telling they like they mushing it. It's like they mushing it in our face. What did Trump say? This is not a national problem. Right. It's a local, local. problem. You know right. right? You're right. It's our problem. And until we apply our our fixes, it's going to continue to happen. Yeah. And we got to be willing to die. Absolutely. Nobody might as well do that. So, um, so yeah, so that's this is heavy. This is heavy. So let's get into a tune and then um when we come right back, we'll jump right back into uh <laughs> we'll jump right back into these comments by uh by Stefan Clark, these Facebook comments. Male Hispanic 
and a possible male black. They have their vehicle, a van parked in front of Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was interesting the, um, you know, how what we do, how we portray ourselves has an effect on, um, has an effect that's larger than just us. And I think Stefan Clark probably never, probably never had an idea that what he said about black people and what he said about being black um, or what he purportedly said, because, you know, I haven't seen it, um, would ever have whatever there would ever be a spotlight like this on it right mm -hmm. and so you know that's that's kind of like his expectation of privacy which is <laughs> you know which is tough so jumping jumping uh, you know jumping into the next topic which is facebook oh and privacy and the mm -hmm. expectation of privacy right what what is our expectation of privacy when we post on Facebook, when we DM on Facebook, when we post stories on you have, Facebook? You have, you have, you have none. You have none. You have none. You have none. I, I, I shut my account down a long time ago, mm -hmm. and I don't know why I started it back up mm -hmm. this year, but you know, you have no level of expectation of privacy on anything in social media. You don't have it uh, on your own private phone when you look at. The NSA mm -hmm. and and how American surveillance and CIA and FBI f forces work. We don't have any uh, privacy. Period. <laughs> you know, we don't. We don't. That's just not something that's in existence. Right. I mean, you, you you see the cases that we we're involved with. Um, you know, there's algorithm algorithms for everything. Yeah, right. what's crazy is <laughs> I was in a we were, I was in a deposition the other day, um, and so. The um, the uh, the I'm you know suing the city, and so the city attorney is asking the client, you know, uh, hey, you know, do you do drugs? Blah blah blah, mm -hmm. and he's you know he's he's like, no, I don't do drugs. You know, Are you in a gang? He's mm -hmm. like, no, 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 no. no. So then <laughs> he says, okay, and he pulls out a stack of papers, and a stack of papers of printouts from his social media, what? from his Instagram account. So it's like, so can you just read this, uh, what this says? And the dude is like throwing up gang signs. Gang signs. He's flagging. There goes that settlement. Right. He's flagging. <laughs> and then he says, um, and then can you tell me what this is in the picture? Oh, that's marijuana. <laughs> oh, uh, can you tell me what you're doing in this picture? Oh, I'm uh, rolling marijuana. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can you tell me what you're doing? I'm smoking marijuana. Right. So it's like the, 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 the idea that social media isn't part of the mainstream of your life it's a public space yeah, yeah. Yo, i was it's on trial public record Yo, i was on trial for a, a murder robbery case mm. maybe six months ago seven months ago in the end of 2018 federal case um <clears throat> i'm on trial and it's just a weekend and it, for those of you who don't know how federal criminal practice works there's a thing called 3500 material it's basically all the stuff you need to know to help defend your client. 
mm-hmm. and they give it to you. If trial is Monday, you get it Friday. Saturday or Sunday. Oh, wow. So I get a phone call from U.S. attorneys. Hey, Ken, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm just spending time with my children. Um, how are you guys? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, uh, we just want to send you some, uh, some, some more 3500 material. So I pull out my computer. I pull out the 3500 material. The 3500 material was the family of the decedent who had trolled my social media and found me on Facebook. And so a posting that I said about, you know, I, I say some political stuff sometimes, mm-hmm. not often, <laughs> not um, often. <laughs> but I said some stuff and they had screen grabbed it and was texting to one another saying, basically calling me all kinds of motherfuckers and mm-hmm. believe him and blah, blah, blah. And they said that he hates, he hates white people and uh, all this other stuff. So my, my social media found its way in mm-hmm. my Professional life, yeah. But let's talk. So let's talk about this new <clears throat> scandal, this new thing that's going on with uh, Facebook Zuckerberg? and your your information and 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 who's buying it. Well, uh, it's really I think the source of it is uh, the political year that's j- just happened. I think there are arguments that Facebook was manipulated by. Not manipulated. No, 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 oh. no, no. There was no. What's what's the thing with that? Mark, you said Mark Zuckerberg has to testify. But he may be testifying yeah. in Congress because of Facebook, the Russian bots, and um, so pretty much there's just a there's a uh, company organization what's that, name that company? was able to access Cambridge Analytica. Yeah, okay. that which was associated with fifty million people. Yeah, data personal information. information. And, and so what they coined it as in the news is that. It targeted the most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Now, what that means, those who probably don't pay attention to, don't do their due diligence of finding out what's real versus mm-hmm. what's fake. And mm-hmm. so they were able to then put these type of ads or mm-hmm. engage them in a way that people started to believe certain feeds, right? Posts yeah. that was feeds. And so, it's like fake news. Yeah, fake news. And it was the Trump campaign was using this company. And uh, Bannon was in, Bannon was. Was he running it or so closely associated with it? Um, I forget his connection is something with uh, the vice president, I believe. I I'm, I, I, can't, I don't have all the information. Was, here this in a, was this in any way like attached to the whole Russian thing that they were? Yeah, talking it was, about? yeah, yeah. That, was so, a, that was an angle too. Basically, yeah. the, the the shortened version is that Cambridge Atlantica is a data um, analyst company funded by Robert Mercer. That's you know, the Mercer use. guy is like uh, like a big GOP. Donor, he's the guy behind mm-hmm. uh, Trump and a lot of these other GOP guys. That sought to use data pulled from Facebook for 40, 50 million users to micro-target political ads and content ad users to influence their vote. Um, I, I think the like back to to the to the to the original point was most people go on these things and don't realize that they're sharing all this data, and some people do, I guess, because we all want our fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the moment you sign up, that's right. It's, 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 right. It's but also, and nobody they, reads all of the the terms and conditions. Right? The point is that, and, and they big. had your, they had people's um, phone. So that's the that's what I was getting. They at. had they had your. So phone now we're starting to see how how much Facebook has actually penetrated outside of the actual posts you make on right. the site. They right. actually have your call logs and your text messages, or if you record videos. They're, they're holding on to that data. And it's like, um, 
But people need to understand what data is, right? And and sometimes they don't understand what it means in a grand scheme. So when we think about data, a lot of folks think data means how long your phone can last before it gets cut off. You use up your data program. And it's not that. It's every time we go on our phones, the time you go on, how long you go on, what sites you go on, what's of interest. Yeah, the certain words that you use, key words that they start to pay attention to. When you're talking within the vicinity of your phone and you may say, oh, you know, um, I like Coca-Cola. And all of a sudden you see Coca-Cola ads. It's it's Yo, feeding into that, right? That so all of that data is being pulled. So, so what was actually happening is... You're being trolled. Yes. Right? And so and we're all, so, so we're <laughs> all, corporate America. Yeah. We're all being trolled and influenced yeah. by corporate America. Or in other words, we're all being programmed. Right. And mm-hmm. so the Trump election was a result of Facebook programming. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, amongst other things, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that um, you know, we I think that the the idea of trolling it's kind of taking on a new meaning. Like yeah. People think that trolling is kind of like just kind of Negative, stalking like people, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's not like that. But there. trolling is really about like, how do I get a reaction out of you? I'm going to watch what you do. I'm hacking you, essentially. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch what you do, and I'm going to do things that are going to elicit a response from you. And, and let's call it what it is. It's, it's the greatest form. It's the greatest, to me, social media is one of the most important things that happen in capitalism and government. In a very long time, it's social control. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you have that data, think about it. These companies are going for billions of dollars simply because they have the numbers and they got they have the list. So remember when everybody wanted, yo, what's your list? Your mailing list? Right, right, right. Like they have the ultimate mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. So this is is shining a light because everybody like once you go into the tech, it's essentially if you go outside and you shout your name, whoever's in the earshot can hear it. Mm-hmm. Our information is sent on right. the frequencies, right. mm-hmm. yeah. and it gets sent to a cell tower, and then it's on a server. Mm-hmm. So even on Snapchat, and Snapchat's the only social media I have, just because you think it deletes, it doesn't. Every picture you have it's sent, it's, it's, it's on a server somewhere. Mm-hmm. Somebody's getting it. Somebody's getting it. What about WhatsApp? WhatsApp? Is, is it's it all together because WhatsApp is owned by... Uh, WhatsApp is on Wi-Fi, so... WhatsApp is a great source for criminal activity. But the um, other thing I wanted to bring up is what about the other people who go on Facebook Live or whatever live, Instagram Live, mm-hmm. and they commit crimes. And right. y'all see it. They're that, like, yo, look at me and they'll go that's, murder. That's a mental illness that has not been diagnosed yet not, we, to me. It's people want to be famous. Right. I think it's... It but goes, it's, it's yeah, some disconnection though with the that world the real world in this no it's, no world. it's something that's that's that it's something that that affects all of us mm-hmm. as human beings we all want to be seen we all want to be heard we all want to be understood mm-hmm. and i think that the more that people are kind of like misunderstood not seen or not heard they in real life that. they gravitate exactly. to yeah. a medium that's going to allow them to have that space mm-hmm. and, it, and it sometimes it means doing things to yourself or to your body Butt shots, breast implants, that type of thing. Whatever it takes <laughs> for me to be, your, right. yeah, yeah, whatever it takes for me to be seen, whatever mm-hmm. it takes for me to be heard, mm-hmm. it that that's what it is. And I, I remember like when I had when I you know when I was on Instagram early, right, two thousand, I feel like two thousand ten or something like yeah. that. And you know I had thirty followers, but they was all my friends. They were all people I knew very intimately, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would post stuff that was very, very personal because it was between me and my very personal friends. Then I had like a hundred, 
then a couple hundred followers and it was just like okay you know like maybe a little bit but then one day i had like 1500 that's still not like a lot of followers but i had like 1500 followers or 2000 followers and i was like wait a minute i don't know most of these people and then it made me shut down my instagram for like a, like a few months because i was like i i don't like i don't know how to share like this people with a bunch of strangers but then but then i started to think like wow a lot of dumb shit is becoming normalized. Mm-hmm. A lot of goofy shit is becoming normalized. Maybe it's necessary for regular people to kind of like be in these spaces and share Creative content powers, yeah. that is a different normal. And so I think that different, like there's, there's different reasons to be on, on social media, but there are a lot of people who um, use it to kind of like, it's, it's, pre- it's a presentation of their mental illness. What, what percentage of your clients are basically um from instant or from social yeah, media like like zero they're, they're well never know i was gonna say um the percentage of your clients are getting indicted based on social content media. On mine's social media. on yeah. on so every case that i've <laughs> i would say <laughs> 60 i put it like this is what keith just said for me when i pick a jury and i get jurors names I, I go on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I go on. I, I go and see. LinkedIn. No, I no, think, no. Tell them about the um the case you had with the the dude who was um uh the shooting case you had where the dude was pimping the girls. Oh man. Oh <laughs> yeah. It was. I had a case a long time ago where a very famous uh, legendary rapper was accused of shooting someone. In no, Paris. no. Oh. This was, in so King, this was in Kings. <laughs> this is in Kings County Criminal Court, and the dude was lying about you know his relationship with these girls or whatever. And you said, and you started pulling his social media, and you started cross-examining him on, on oh, social media. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean oh, uh, back page the shooting? In the, yeah. The show? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was another show. Oh, the, um, <laughs> come on, you gotta keep was, up. That was, <laughs> come on. That was um. What happened was witnesses had um, got on my, they found me on Twitter and they were cursing me out on Twitter and it got to the Post and the Daily News and the Times and they were asking me about it. So then I go on there and I find all these people who were witnesses in the case saying all this stuff and um, I used that and I used what they were saying in the cross. Um, they, their parents didn't know they were prostituting themselves. So, oh wow, Damn. Um, yeah, it, it was, the, oh, yeah. They, so they, the they, dude was on the witness stand. He came in as kind of like a star witness. Yeah, the, he was the star for, witness. He's the witness for he the got shot. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and Kenny was on. Kenny cross examined him, and at the end of the cross examination, he was like, Why looking like a, looking like he the, claimed he didn't buy sex. So I was like, okay, you heard the back page though, right? <laughs> He's like, yeah. I was like, you actually have a Backpage account, right? <laughs> he was like, yeah. I was like, and um, on your account, you can actually buy sex on Backpage, yeah. And you did it, right? Only once. <laughs> Only once. <laughs> it went down. It went downhill for him from there. But I, I, I would say, Phil, majority. I think every federal prosecutor or state prosecutor, no, they troll through. Whoever the defendant's Facebook account, 
and social media to see what it is. If if it's a financial crime, right. if you up there on your crime like homeboy from uh, Howard, I, I was gonna see it. it yeah, Tyrone, if you if you look like you making money, they are gonna pull that and use it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yo, so. Um, stay off of social media, man. Stay off social media. It should be a, a anti-social media movement. If you yeah. want to be on social media about your crimes, call yeah. Tyrone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, we're about to jump into the next tune and then come right back with the normalization of Donald Trump. When the scene unfolds, young girls, 13 years old, Goofy shit becoming normal. Um, <laughs> we're gonna talk about Donald Trump. Um, let's get into it. Um, for me, I, I again, if you ever doubted your blackness or your um, your Native American and you don't think you belong or you're Hispanic and you believe in white supremacy, you should not believe in it anymore because Donald <laughs> Trump to me is a clear indication that you don't have to be smart. And, and white supremacy has some huge flaws because the fact that we are discussing him as the president of the United States, someone who pushed the birth of movement, someone who advocated the death of teenagers who were ultimately innocent, mm-hmm. someone who has bankrupt uh, charges, but um, racial discrimination in the real estate market, who is short short in business partners, short in Hispanic uh, workers, Mis- sexual, um, misconduct. sexual misconduct, the advocacy of special uh, sexual misconduct, um, is ridiculous that he's in the White House. Well, well, let's just say this. Donald Trump is the personification of white mediocrity. Yes. And my, white... Well, medi- now I wouldn't even say mediocrity. I would say... Um, white failings? Yes. Okay, well, white mediocrity and white failings have are the... Um, he's the, the standard needs, of, needs of improvement America. on a report card. He's right. the end guy. Like he is all ends on no, the report you. card. You <laughs> the crazy thing is he's on like unsatisfactory. He's like on all these like late late night TV programs Trevor, every day. Every day. So like Trevor Noah was one of my favorite shows to mm-hmm. watch, and I'm like, that this dude is always talking about Trump. Mm-hmm. So I don't even really watch the Daily Show like I used Cause, to because of that. Because of, of that. So he, scene, but it's so normalized now. This week you saw that Roseanne Barr, who I didn't even know was still. 
Alive. Alive. <laughs> Seriously, I really didn't know. Um, I, I, I'm honest. I didn't even know she was alive. But, um, you know, she had a show years ago when we were younger. Mm-hmm. The, what is it? The Roseanne. The Roseanne. Roseanne. Her show was Redux this week, and mm-hmm. it got a huge on boom. Netflix. Yeah. Um, no, wasn't it ABC? It was on ABC. ABC. Yeah, ABC. Yeah. 18 million people 18 watched million it. 18 million people watched it. Um, she, episode, here's a check this episode. I think there was an episode of her, one of the kids who had who was um, when the kids LGBT. Was yeah. The second oldest daughter. Yeah, and the show okay. was LGBT. We're getting bullied because of their support of Trump at school. <laughs> and the family came together with love to support her as if love is going to stop bigotry <laughs> and all this other stuff. Um, and that was the episode. But look how disingenuous that is. First of all, Trump hates the LGBT community. And he's a bully. And he's a bully. But we've normalized this so much in American um, uh, s- social culture that this guy can't be held accountable. Mm-hmm. It's impossible for him to be held accountable. I don't care if he pushed a button on 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 um, South Korea, North Korea, um, you know, whatever. He's never held accountable because we're now normalized to it. It's it's become entertainment. And he's showing that like well, that's, that's that behavior can be rewarded. You know. Well, that's I mean that's that's America, right? Yeah. America, Americana is all about. The spectacle, the the entertainment value of it, right? And so, if you talk about, you can't talk about Trump without talking about entertainment, right? He had the the reality shows. He is a walking reality show with the funny looking hair, right? <laughs> he's he, like that. That that's what he is. But he's also the personification of white failings, white mediocrity, which is what America is based he's always on. Been. Yeah, right. Always been like like the the people who couldn't get it done in Europe came here for a new start because they felt like they could pilfer from the natives, mm-hmm. right? And then call it their own. That's... How does this end, though, with him? Like, how does this end? That's a huge... Like, how does it end? It's, 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 time will tell. Time will tell. I think it's, it's just as... Um, well, you called it early, but it was a shock to everybody. I think he's going to end with a shock. He's going to end on a... I don't think he could leave quietly. Okay. It almost reminds me of Nixon, right? Yeah. But I think, if nothing else, again, he's such a distraction that we're not paying attention that if he's gone, mm-hmm. the vice president. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. He's Somebody the that, you know, he, he, he just, the connections he made, the things that he said, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. at least we knew Cheney. Cheney mm-hmm. was straight up gangster. He mm-hmm. was like, I shot my best friend. Say something else, right? <laughs> like, you, you, just, you just knew where his mindset was. But Pence's... There's all type of but he's things a, he's, yo, It's a crazy scene, world it's, when it's you scary, think back right? to George W. Bush and you're like, he wasn't that, that bad. bad. Right. But, no, no, right. He said it himself. But, but he's, but he's, but right. and George think Bush about what that. he's did. He was, he normalized so much nonsense. Right. Right? So you got Trump with this kleptocracy. Like everything about him is making sure his friends in their class yeah. get the money from. I don't care if it's the VA benefits that's going to get privatized. The, the EPA is rolling the back. EPA. Um, um, car emission rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but it's so it's so crazy what he's what he's doing and what he's been able to do to set us back so many years, mm-hmm. and the people who are now up in arms who voted for him. I'm mm-hmm. like, but this is who you yeah, you voted for, no, 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 right? But, like, but that's don't get it twisted. First of all, his popularity ratings and polling are going up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know why? Because 
What are Americans but care no, about? But no, this is what I'm saying. Like, money. Wait, the women the who fuck? were like all about Trump, mm-hmm. right? All the women mm-hmm. who were about Trump. But now those are the, there's a lot of those women who were part of the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but you were willing but to just, say, yeah. I'll accept him saying what and he said about behavior. women and groping them mm-hmm. and, 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 and over, mm-hmm. you know, over going over the boundaries of what it is to conduct yourself with a woman. And it, it's okay because I want to protect. Mm-hmm. I want to protect my community and my oh, money, right? It's perfect that you're here. Then we <laughs> can ask you this question. Yeah. <laughs> is, is white feminism feminism? Oh, or just white privilege? Or... No. Specifically, is white feminism mm-hmm. feminism by definition? Why is there white feminism? Is my question. I mean, I know they've defined it, but why does it have to even be a white feminism? It's not. It's not feminism because what what it it doesn't apply. What their yeah. feminism, what they it doesn't apply to women of color. No. Like we it's can't, a subset of white. I, it's supremacy. important for a woman to say that mm-hmm. because I've had conversations with with white women who have gone to meetings that were specifically designed for white feminists. And they walk out of those meetings disillusioned mm-hmm. and feeling like this isn't really feminism. Because, because white feminism, they, they, we, in feminism, you, you still, you are, you also still support other things, right? right? And there are oftentimes these pockets where they're only about that particular group and their issues. And they say, oh, we're not about, we're not about like any other issues. We, we, we don't, that's not part of our problem. And, and it, and the reality is that people will get offended and say, why would she say that? But you don't subscribe. If there's a black woman's issue or there's an issue that would af- affect all of us, but the majority is black, every white feminist is not yeah, down yeah, for boy. that movement. No, they, they've always been willing to... I'm not trying to speak for women. Right. But my answer would be no. The reason why is because if your goal is to knock down patriarchal systems of oppression... Right, you can't. I don't know if you can separate that from race. Look, when we were hanging on trees, and white women was dapping the sweat off their man's forehead while they was hanging us. <laughs> exactly. So that's my view of white feminism. Exactly. Like, I'm like, you know, I, the same know. way that you can't be. I don't know that you can call yourself a black liberation theologist if you don't feel like women should be on the forefront of that conversation. Right. Well, of course well. not. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. I but agree. there's so many sectors yeah. in it, right? Because if you go to that. So, like, I find the most ignorant thing for anyone to do is, like, be all about black nationalism and be righteous. And then you turn around and you're not for the entire community Mm. or you're like, you know, like, I don't I don't understand that. And especially when, you know, it has to deal with young people, young scholars. It's like. Someone is all about Black, black Solidarity Day, but then you don't sit down with a group of young people to explain to them what Black Solidarity Day means, or you're not talking about the importance of creating your own, but I'm going to take Black Solidarity Day off. How does that work? Or poor people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that, that, when I say poor people, I don't. I hate that term because it seems like there's, there, there's necessarily Oppressed. a mentality mm-hmm. uh, uh, attached to it. But people who are the most underserved economically in a community are oftentimes the most talented mm-hmm. and the most brilliant, yep. right? But they're just the most underserved. And I think that um, that the, when you when you start saying black black power, black lives matter, whatever, but then you're not talking about 
poverty. You're not talking about class. You're not talking about sexism. You're not talking about um, ableism so and all limited, these other things. It's a right. limited conversation. That, but know. Nadia said something last week about like the most people who are going to like these seminars and stuff like that are people who are already they have like, their they already, access they, to praise. Right. You know, what one last thing I want to say about Trump is this is what I think is going to happen as I'm sitting here thinking about it. I don't think the American illusion in democracy can afford to bounce him at this point in American history. Mm. So I think he's going to be allowed to continue wrecking the buffet, <laughs> and they're going to hope that he doesn't win or get reelected. Because I think it's too it's too much of, it's too much of a knock on. American democracy. American democracy has always been fragile, but it's particularly fragile and vulnerable right now. now. He's in the office. Yes, and mm-hmm. for them to they they play this game, and for them to really call him to the carpet, it will destroy whatever believability in this illusion that exists right now. And I don't think this country is willing to do that. I agree with you, and but the thing is, we're so distracted. Right. Imagine, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to. I was watching 300 yeah, last saying. night, and it's like when the dude gets stabbed and mm-hmm. the coins mm-hmm. run out, and they're yelling "traitor, traitor!" Mm-hmm. Right. And the whole movie is about this patriotic, mm-hmm. patriotic, um, patriarch, patriarchal. No, patriot. No, patriotic. <laughs> yeah, patriotic. Mm-hmm. Um, group of men who fight for their own country, mm-hmm. and uh, Americans would say that, but. Russia, mm-hmm. Russia is supposed to be our number one enemy. In the mm-hmm. moment, if this was the '60s, oh, if this was to happen, Facebook should be. Um, nah, this was happening in the '60s. The CIA would have clipped Trump already, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but I think that the idea of the Cold War and the idea of all of these wars has kind of informed people a little bit differently. And and, and the advent of social media has broken down nations in the right. sense that. Nationalism is, is not yeah. what the new, the new nation is. The corporation, yes. Yeah. I'm Nike, you so, Adidas, so analytics and all these companies. Yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. what's going Even on. Even if you watch shows like, I mean, like I'm addicted to this show called Homeland, right? I heard yeah, it's good. Yeah, oh my God, it's a great show, right? But even if you watch like Homeland and you see like the counterintelligence um, agencies from all the different countries, like they all know each other, they all work together, and they all are trying to figure out the same problems. And a lot of times. It's the one they, what they have figured out collectively is that their value systems are not that disconnected. Mm-hmm. It's just about who's a despot, who yep. has mm-hmm. to go, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, I, th- I think that if you if if you look at it through that lens, right, then you're not necessarily saying Russia is better than America, America is better than Canada, or you know whatever, right? What you're saying is is that how do I ben- where do where do I fit in? On this global puzzle piece, and and how do I make it make I'll sense to me? Mm-hmm. Table, yeah, yeah. You think it's a chance that Trump will just give up? No, no, no. no. no he's making too much money. Give up no. what? No, why? no. There's no reason. The kleptocracy is working. No. You're, 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 look at his cabinet. He mm-hmm. has his family in there. You had right. Jerry Kushner with information to the top, the most sensitive. You know, there was just a recent thing with the Saudis. Yeah. The the the, the one of the the Saudi. Oh, he blocked there. The Mohammed dude. Uh, they, he had a meeting with him, mm-hmm. and the Saudi guy went back and was like, "Yo, I got cushion in my pocket." Mm-hmm. Uh, intelligence uh, had had reported, and America and they're backing this Saudi prince, who's a he's wild, wow, like he's torturing family members, all oh, this wow. other stuff in the Ritz Carlton. And you know, <laughs> like straight, he was his his father's favorite, and he yeah. straight his father was um 
gonna give power to him and he's yeah. straight like yo lock up all my siblings yeah like, my cousins like let's, so let's get to this want. money and, yeah. and trump represents that class of american um and it's gonna get worse i think we i think it's gonna get a lot worse but i don't think america is gonna hold him accountable or responsible mm-hmm. Hmm. And they normalize him. Listen, you got Van Jones. What's his name? The black dude? Yeah, Van Jones. Who's supposedly a progressive. Hates Trump, but he's always talking. Hates Trump. Mm-hmm. Trump says he's going to bomb. He bombed Syria. And Van Jones comes out and says, this is the most presidential thing. He became president when he did. Like, come on, man. Like, so, the, you know, what's, what's the leadership? We, we, we need leadership to thwart someone like him mm-hmm. and what he represents. And we don't have collective leadership. No. Hmm. All right, and on that note, we're going to jump into another tune, and when we come back, I'm going to talk about this trip to Africa. I bet I beat the case. Chill. A lot of guys with the gabbles looking right up in the face. While a nigga under oath plead the fifth, then ask if I can smoke. Burning dirty money, but I keep a little something for the clean escape. And the rainy day after. Don't forget a nigga live where the heat wave at ya. And your safe ain't safe. If your heat don't wave back, but life is cold that way. Hey man. All I do is beat the case. All I do is beat the case. All I do is beat it, beat it, beat it, beat it like a runaway slave. Get your king popped, MJ. I'm dangerous, keep away. The doctor say what a odd, odd top say. All I do is beat the case. 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 I ain't never go to jail. I ain't never going to jail. And we're back. So, um... So yeah, so I wasn't here. Uh, Jazz and I both missed the past couple of weeks, um, and I hadn't been here. I was uh, traveling, traveling with the family on vacation in South Africa, and um, you know, I what I found in Africa was everything was visceral. Everything was like super alarming. The environment mm-hmm. the scenic views the beaches mm-hmm. the mountains like everything was alarmingly amazing like when when you're walking around when you're driving around when you're landing um because we did some travel within south africa as well so we took some flights but everything was just amazing alarmingly amazing to look at right uh, can you talk you had a, a but on the flip a, side right. of that right mm-hmm. talking to the people was also very alarming mm-hmm. for me in my American, black American mm-hmm. perspective. And that speaking to local Africans, whether they, um, whether they were originally, you know, Coco, Zulu, um, Bantu, or wherever, right? Speaking to local Africans, um, it was, they were incredibly intelligent people, incredibly emotionally intelligent. Um, and I spent a lot of time listening mm-hmm. and learning mm-hmm. and just kind of like understanding my experience through their lens as well. And it was very, it was like enriching. I was like a better person for it. Then I had conversations um, with white people in Cape Town mm-hmm. and it was alarmingly offensive, abrasive, like violent. These, these are the least, these are some of the, um, and I've met a lot of dumb white people in my life, right? Right, right? But these are some of the most unintelligent white people 
um, I'd ever had conversations with or been around and they were living the most privileged life ever. And it was alarming, it was violent, it was weird to when me. You, when you say violent, what do you mean? It's, it's, it's a form of violence. Right. It's a form of economic violence when you walk up to a restaurant in Africa mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of black people outside who are not well adjusted, who are, um, who are asking for money, who need help. Mm-hmm. And then you walk into a restaurant and there's a bunch of white people sitting there well adjusted enjoying the fruits of the land right mm. and the people who are serving them are all black right that's that's a, that's a violence right. on my psyche mm-hmm. like when i'm walking in my wife and kids we're walking in like my kids are looking around like they some of the younger kids don't necessarily have language right. to necessarily identify what the problem is but my 16 year old is like this is crazy mm. what are we doing in here that happened right often right, right? Then we're sitting in a restaurant and, you know, white people are looking over like, what are they doing in here? You know what I'm saying? Because we're a loud, black, unapologetic family. Like, you know, it's whatever. And so those experiences were very, very alarming for me. Did they treat you any different because you were American black? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a privilege associated with being American. We, we, we uh, benefit from the... Um, the raping and pillaging of other countries that our country does, mm-hmm. right? And so there's absolutely, um, you walk in with the force of, you know, with, 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 with a certain level of, I'm okay because I'm from America. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. what do you say to, and I think this is something that Jazz asked earlier, like when we were having the conversation, the same experience happens here in the United States where you can walk in and mm-hmm. we see that majority of the people who are the wait staff, or people of color, um, they're outside, they're asking for money. You know, um, someone who doesn't know, doesn't right. understand the context of apartheid. And, and not that, that it's mean. necessarily mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. right? But there's been an African Holocaust that has occurred in America as well as in Africa, mm-hmm. right? But the I guess the issue is, is that in America, you expect it. America is, a, is an experiment in white nationalism. And so you expect that white people would be well adjusted in this place. Mm-hmm. But Africa is ours. That <laughs> continent is ours. Mm-hmm. And to go to our continent and to see our people like treated that way, mm-hmm. it just it, it felt worse than seeing it happen here in America. Did they have that same kind of like sentiment like this is ours, you know, when they were in like treating treating you guys in the restaurants like they had that same kind of every restaurant we went to every business we went to every home we rented was owned by white people Mm -hmm. like it it was it was it's you know europeans uh the dutch british germans have occupied colonized and owned south africa for a very long time Mm -hmm. and there's a sense of entitlement there um, even when you, even we went to the um, to the apartheid museum, and you can see that there's a big marketing push for um, what they call a multicultural experience in South Africa. And what that really means is South Africa is traditionally indigenously black, mm-hmm. right? But what that means is accept all of these white people that you got to deal with mm-hmm. because they're part of the, Afri- the South African story now. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, which is, which is crazy to me. 
a lot of people don't understand like how uh like the influence because you were saying about the dutch the german mm-hmm. like but but you said the zoo had a huge part in all of that construction of south africa yeah so culture. without going into like a super history lesson mm-hmm. you know um the the people the, the indigenous people in south africa were the with the, the cocoa mm-hmm. and the bushmen right and then um the zulus came and zulus were warriors and then the the dutch came and the dutch were colonialists mm-hmm. and then the british came and they were imperialists and then the germans came and they were nihilists whatever mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. very violent people and then so the idea that there's there were levels there's a hierarchy of abuse and oppression that didn't start with white people right you're right it, mm-hmm. you know we did it to we you know we, we did, did there we did it to ourselves at some point which is a whole other conversation mm-hmm. you know? to, to the ourselves thing is um uh, i'm reading a book civilization by now ferguson mm-hmm. and basically the point he makes about like um chinese empires or even not really europeans but they have their moments more so the romans mm-hmm. like they're their monolithic there's this monolithic thing right with with africa you have so and like the natives of of the americas they're not just one they don't see themselves as one people they look at the skin same skin color but they have all these cultural nuances Mm -hmm. that separate them which is their ultimate downfall you're right and Mm -hmm. we shouldn't discount tribalism we shouldn't discount like what 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 each different thing meant and i think that because when we say we did it to ourselves it's kind of like it's condescending and it's not it's it's incomplete it's it's, it, it kind of conflates the issue you're right and I think that, um, but when I, when I was like, like even like talking to people and like trying to understand the no the nuances between like Zulu, Bantu, and some of the languages, uh, Osa, and uh, the other one is in uh, Dibeli, like understanding like the differences in the languages and stuff like that, I felt like I was understanding the people when I understood their language, mm-hmm. and so what was also very hard for me to digest was that I felt like the South African people were like healers they were hunters gatherers healers people who had a very intimate relationship with the land and that's what that's what their superpower was and so they were very sweet people right and then to be confronted with a very barbaric people with an interaction from the european right from the very very barbaric european people with no attachment to nature with no attachment to land either right um was very it was a very, that, that was that was a very violent interaction not just physically violent but emotionally violent mm-hmm. and i think that that's had long lasting implications um to their holocaust and um and it, it was it was it was tough to it was tough to watch and see people who look like me mm-hmm. you know who i know are very sweet and genuine and intelligent people kind of like deal with that did you have any did you partake in any like uh, i guess like traditional ceremony kind of yeah. situations so we did so we said we, we we took part in some traditional ceremonies from bantu tribes and from um and from uh i, I don't want to it's a click language so mm-hmm. i don't want to i don't want to mispronounce it i i, I can very limited with the clicks um and then we um, we sat at the foot of some elders and just kind of like listened mm-hmm. and learned. They taught us about. There were some Cameroon elders who taught us about um, our children mm-hmm. and what it means to have twins mm-hmm. and what it means to have a child after a twin, right? And so 
we kind of went through some of those traditional um, African lessons and we bought a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, so we, I mean, I spent a lot of time listening to, to, to Africans in South Africa. There was a guy that you had met. Um, I think you said he was a professor at one point. Yeah, so there was a, oh man, so there, there's this guy I met named, um, his name is Bongani. Mm-hmm. And Bongani was a, he was a student in the, um, in the 70s. Um, he's part of the ANC. Mm-hmm. And so he What's had, the ANC? the ANC is the, uh, I think it's African National Congress. Um, it's the, the prevailing political party in South Africa. And they, um, and so he had like wounds because he was attacked by police when he was a student. But Bongani um, was a brilliant guy. He taught Zulu at UC Berkeley mm-hmm. for seven years. But he had more character than intellect, which says a lot about him, mm-hmm. right? Because he's a brilliant guy. Mm-hmm. But he, um, he, and so he had spent a lot of time um, working with organizations to combat AIDS in Africa. Mm-hmm. And so he felt like, you know, there was, they had got a hold on it, and so he went and taught Zulu at UC Berkeley. But AIDS in Africa is back on the rise, mm-hmm. as, a, along with the opioid crisis. And so he recently came back, went back to Africa, and opened up a church, and that's the vehicle that he's using to try to, to, try to um, do his work to, mm-hmm. to prevent AIDS in Africa. And so, um, but he spent the day with me and my family. He took us around Soweto, Cliptown, um, in other areas of Johannesburg and just kind of like gave us like the history of an insider's view of the history of South Africa. And, um, and it was just, he was, it was just, it was just incredible to spend time with him and to meet people. I met his mom, um, who opened up a bakery right outside of Cliptown because, um, the people there are so hungry and she has the resources. She opened up a bakery where she's giving them bread basically for nothing, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I met people like that. How, good, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I just thought it was interesting and in what Jazz had just asked and how you're explaining um, your experience and what that really means when you think about our community and the fact that um, the divide that happens that we talked about earlier, right? Like everyone, for whatever reason, we separate ourselves. We separate ourselves, even though we're supposed to represent this larger community of um, black people and we, we know the struggle of what it's like to be black in America. But then once we're here, there becomes this divide. Once we have, there's a sort, there's a sense of, we get education, there's a, there's a sense of affluency, and then it separates and it divides us. Um, but I think at the very core, what's missing is just really, everyone understanding our true history like that it's so important when elders tell the story you know it gives context it's like what you said earlier it's like what you said earlier who's willing to sacrifice their level of comfort and i think that that is in order for us to see true revolution there has to be an unprecedented degree of selflessness that happens right and that means that when people get to a place of comfort let's redefine what comfort is. Comfort isn't just, oh, I got some money and now I'm okay. Comfort is, oh, we all have equity in a space. Mm -hmm. And so now our social contracts are protected. We're all looking out for each other and we're looking looking out for people coming underneath us. And I think in South Africa, as well as in America, 
what happens sometimes is black people, we've been oppressed so long mm -hmm. that some of us, when we get that first shot or that first light, we're like, yo, I'm good. I'm tired. I don't <laughs> want to fight for nobody else. And I get that. But I also feel like the unfortunate part about the generation that we're in and moving forward, the understanding of history, like history is so important to understand. And there's just so many people who don't know. So, like, picking up a book, don't nobody want to read a book anymore. There's no conversations. There's nothing on TV that, you know, eyes on a prize every 10 years it might come out or something mm -hmm. like that. And then you don't know what day, what time, anything like that. There, If we don't really truly know our history, mm -hmm. even to develop a level of comfort so that we can move forward, it's just, for me, it's just hard to do. Well, so, so I'm going to end it with this then. There was... Um, we went to Robben Island to mm -hmm, visit the mm -hmm. prison where Nelson Mandela was, was, you know, was incarcerated for, for 18 of the 27 years that he was in jail, I believe. And the conversation on Nelson Mandela is a very nuanced and complex conversation that we have. We probably have to spend a whole episode yeah, on, right? But let me just say this. The concept, you, we've all heard of this, the term, each one teach one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That concept originated in Robben Island because there were so many political prisoners in Robben Island. These were all educated, intelligent lawyers, doctors who were in South Africa who were being imprisoned for their political views. And so what they did is they, they developed a principle, each one teach one, which basically was for every pr prisoner that comes in here that's not educated, that can't read, that can't write, we're going to make sure that one person goes and teaches that person. And so what happened is they started to call Robin Allen, Robin Allen University, because they would send prisoners there and they would come out radicalized. Wow. They would come out like, yo. So Jacob Zuma, who was the, the, the president who just left office, who, you know, there's, that's a whole other conversation about, you know, how terrible he was or how not good he was. Right. But he learned how to read and write in prison, on, in prison on Robin Allen. And he became the president. And so I think that um, I think that if we adopted that mentality, but truly adopted it, like each one teach one, it's our responsibility, right? Then we would look at, even look at somebody like Stefan Clark, right? That's, there's an incredible amount of ignorance associated with somebody who doesn't love themselves and who doesn't appreciate the melanin in their skin, mm -hmm. right? There's an incredible amount of ignorance in somebody and insecurity in somebody who decides that they can't like somebody, love somebody, or appreciate somebody because of the color of their skin. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so each one teach one was like was like my like walk away That's from 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 South Africa. But um, but on that note, you know, um, this is the Brooklyn Combine. We are at the Brooklyn Combine, and uh, we see you next time. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the bees. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the bees. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the bees. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the bees. Get pops